Hi, Tony Hines here, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Great to be here. Hi, you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. This is the News Roundup, all things impacting global supply chains this week. Will the UK government agreed to revise the Northern Ireland Protocol, avoiding borders on the island of Ireland and in the Irish Sea. And this should reduce supply chain frictions that hampered the post-Brexit trading arrangements and made life difficult for people in Northern Ireland and also for businesses trying to get their goods into Northern Ireland. Essentially, goods travelling into Northern Ireland and destined for Northern Ireland will pass through a green channel at customs and checks will be minimal. Goods destined for the Republic of Ireland will pass through a red light and will be subject to checks and duties as necessary. This binary division all seems very simple, doesn't it? But it was agreed this week with the European Union that that's what will happen. And the document was published and it's now awaiting ratification. Brent crude closed the week at $85.47 per barrel. And that's about 1% up on the week. The UAE, United Arab Emirates, denied rumours that it's about to leave OPEC and to pump more oil. So that's put pressure on the price. And China, of course, is returning demand for oil, which is also pushing up prices. The US Federal Reserve said this week that it was acutely aware of challenges of high inflation posing risks for the economy and said it's strongly committed to its 2% target for price increases. That was in the latest semi-annual report to Congress on monetary policy in the economy. They recognised there's an extremely tight labour market where workers will remain in short supply and economic growth that needs to slow further to temper the price hikes. A financial system that has absorbed rate increases largely without any trouble And inflation continues, and it's well above the Federal Open Market Committee's objective of 2%. Russia's ruptured undersea Nord Stream gas pipelines are set to be sealed up and mothballed. They have no immediate plans to repair or reactivate them, according to sources familiar with the plans, who contacted Reuters. Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 each consist of two pipes. And they were built by the Russian state, controlled by Gazprom, to pump 110 billion cubic metres of natural gas a year to Germany under the Baltic Sea. Three of the pipes were ruptured by unexplained blasts in September, and one of the Nord Stream 2 pipes remains intact. But soaring tensions between Moscow and the West over the invasion by Russia in Ukraine had already brought Nord Stream 1 to a standstill. Germany's dependence on Russian oil was a major problem pushing prices upwards in world markets. Gazprom said it's technically possible to repair the ruptured lines, but unlikely at present. Patrick and John Collinson started a company called Stripe, which you may or may not have heard of. It's a payment system, and it's used by many businesses and people in the online community. They founded the company about 13 years ago 
and they've explored options to take it public. It's a solid business model, it's got rapid growth, and the company is still private. The Irish brothers who began the company built a system that links merchants like Amazon and Ford Motors with payment networks operated by Visa and MasterCard, saving businesses the trouble of grabbing their own licenses or striking deals with different banks. In return, Stripe takes a fee on each transaction. One of the company's star products is called Connect. When a customer orders food through Uber Eats, Stripe splits the transaction into different parts and directs payments to the restaurant, the delivery driver and Uber. So it's quite clever, isn't it? Quite smart. One of Stripe's advantages is that the software can process increased payment volumes without any proportional increase in cost. Its revenues are linked to the fees it charges for every transaction after deducting payments to Visa and other venture capitalists and others. It was once hailed by Paul Graham, a venture capitalist, as the next Google. Apple iPhones will soon be assembling more of their products in southern India, in Karnataka, and 300 acres are set aside to set up a factory, according to the state government on Friday. Bloomberg News had earlier reported that Apple partner Foxconn planned to invest about $700 million in Karnataka to ramp up local production. The state's investment promotion division said in a tweet it would generate employment increases around 100,000 people in the next 10 years. Apple's been shifting away its production from China with all the problems during the COVID-19 period and the close downs, the lockdowns in China, disrupting their supply chains. And there's another reason, of course, it's the increasing tensions between Beijing and Washington. Volkswagen have reintroduced their off-road brand, Scout Motors, said on Friday it would build a $2 billion manufacturing plant near Columbia, South Carolina, for trucks and SUVs. This investment will create about 4,000 jobs or more, and more than 200,000 Scout vehicles could be produced annually in that facility. Back in May, VW said it would reintroduce the Scouts off-road brand in the United States, offering new electric pickup and sport utility vehicles. According to Scott Keogh, the chief executive of Volkswagen, he says, we're reimagining Scout's original ingenuity and electrifying its future. Volkswagen has moved away from cars in the United States as it adds more electric models. SUVs now account for about 80% of the US sales of the groups VW and Audi brands. VW said it last sold a pickup in the United States in the early 1980s. UK engineering business IMI is diversifying its supply chain from China. This is in response to worsening international relations. Roy Twite, the chief executive, said that the FTSE 250 business that produces parts for energy and transport sectors will focus its China manufacturing on producing parts for domestic customers. Our principle on China is China for China, so he said. He said that we're investing in China for the Chinese market and making sure that if things develop in the wrong direction in terms of geopolitics, that actually the overall business is as resilient as it can be. So obviously just spreading the risk here, making sure that uh, they can keep things tight in the supply chain. It's obviously been affected by the COVID lockdowns, the geopolitical tensions and concerns about 
free trade and supply chains continue to grow. IMI generates about 9% of sales in China, but produces only 5% of its goods there. He also said that IMI had taken a £9 million hit from exiting Russia as it looks to source goods closer to home, and they've been expanding a factory in the Czech Republic. They won't be the only firm, of course, that are trying to do this and move their production hubs around because of the geopolitical tension. Many companies are seeking to do similar sorts of things. Sales rose by 10% to £2 billion in the year to December, while profits before tax increased 13% to £346 million. Dwight said the growth of the company, which manufactures products including valves for liquefied natural gas producers, had been driven partly by countries rushing to develop alternative energy sources following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Irish-owned packaging firm Zeus is to create 40 jobs in Cork. They've got a new 70,000-square-foot logistics facility in Watergrass Hill, set to be opened by April. The packaging company said it's part of Zeus's national logistics and distribution strategy with four key facilities to be positioned throughout Ireland. The new roles in Cork will be created across logistics, distribution, commercial and administration. During the past 12 months, Zeus added a further €75 million Euros of revenue through the acquisition of Polpack in Poland. In 2023, the growth programme is targeting revenues of more than €500 million, Euros, according to the Irish Times. Now, as anyone listening to the Chain Reaction podcast will know, shipping is responsible for many greenhouse gases and gas emissions. And I've talked about that on the programme in the past. But this week there was a table published which said US importers ranked by shipping greenhouse gas emissions in 2021. And I looked at the list and top of the list is Walmart, which you might expect because it's a big shipper of goods. Target, Home Depot, LG, Lowe's, Ashley Furniture, Amazon, Samsung, Costco, Nike, Ikea, Williams-Sonoma, Dell, VF Corporation, Adidas, HP, Living Spaces and H&M. They're the top 18. So these large retailers, Walmart, Target and Home Depot in particular, are responsible for most of the carbon emissions, according to the report. The report is called All Brands on Deck, and it took a look at... uh, shipping emissions of those 18 largest importers to the United States. It described today's container vessels as dirty ships due to the high levels of these greenhouse gas emissions. Walmart was responsible for 788,000 tonnes of CO2 and 14.9 tonnes of methane. It produced 22% of all CO2 created across the 18 companies that I mentioned previously. Target is the second highest, 544,000 tonnes of CO2, and Home Depot for 20,000 tonnes of carbon emission. You might remember, of course, Walmart and Home Depot were two of the big companies in the US that chartered their own container ships in 2021 due to the shortage of global shipping, container boxes, and port congestion. The dirty ships cause all kinds of health issues, in communities, in port areas, including the increased risk of developing asthma and cancer. So obviously something needs to be done about these uh, emissions and uh, the shipping industry probably needs to work harder than it is to clean up the act. But it will take time. 
China's economy grew by only 3% in 2022, but in 2023, the forecasts are out, and they range from a low by the Oxford Economics Group of 4.5% to an average rate by a number of other forecasters of around 5.5%, and that's China's own target for growth in 2023 also. Other forecast by Societe Generale is 5.8%, Citibank 5.7%, Morgan Stanley 57 HSBC 5.6%, JP Morgan 5.6%, Goldman Sachs 55 Bank of America 55 Nomura 53 and IMF 52 And then you've got BNP Paribas at 5.1%, Credit Suisse 5.1%, Moody's 5 and there are others. So... A return to higher growth rates in China following the COVID lockdowns. And that will put pressure on resources as demand for energy increases as production ramps up. Now you will have heard me talk about Arm Holdings, which is a British company originally. And they're listed currently on the London Stock Exchange. But this week they announced that they're moving that listing to New York, which is a blow for the London Stock Exchange. There's been a lot of interest in ARM Holdings, and it is a target for other microchip manufacturers. So, watch this space. The British microchip designer ARM says it will not be pursuing a London Stock Exchange listing this year. The Cambridge-based firm designs the technology commonly known as chips. It powers devices from smartphones to all sorts of other devices, including your systems in motor vehicles and so on. Arm said it's decided to simply list in the United States in 2023. Rennie Haas, chief executive, said, after engagement with the British government and financial conduct authority over several months, SoftBank and Arm have determined that pursuing a US-only listing of ARM in 2023 is the best path forward for the company and its stakeholders. Now, this is quite a blow for the London Stock Exchange. It's raised concerns that the London Stock Exchange may not be doing enough to attract tech companies' stock offerings. The United States is seen as a better prospect, with higher profile and better valuations. Arm has had a dual listing on the London Stock Exchange and the Nasdaq for 18 years before it was bought by SoftBank for 32 billion US dollars, close to 27 billion pounds in 2016. It's likely that this is because of the British government's move to reform rules governing capital markets. The company shipped more than 250 billion Arm-based chips and reported revenues up. 28% on the same period last year. And you might remember that uh, SoftBank wanted to sell ARM to NVIDIA, which is a US company, but the competition regulators in the UK, US and Europe decided not to approve that sale. So perhaps it's a result of that also. The United Kingdom was particularly fierce in its objections. A major beneficiary of uh, reshoring in the United States and the various moves away from China, is Mexico. Mexico is becoming quite a manufacturing hub for US companies. 
the Tesla plant factory in Mexico's northern border state of Nuevo León, will be built on a site, and that's likely to be twice the size of the Texas factory. Construction will start in three months, and it's said to be 4,200 acres in an industrial zone, which is more than double the size of Mexico City's international airport. Tesla's factory in Austin, Texas, is one of three existing Tesla vehicle plants, and that sits on a size of 2,500 acres, according to Tesla's own website. The project was announced on Wednesday by Elon Musk, chief executive of Tesla. It's expected to employ around 5,000 people initially, and it'll grow to about 10,000 people at a cost of around 10 billion US dollars. The Mexican government said the plant will be the world's largest electric vehicle factory. Amazon announced it's pausing construction of parts of its second headquarters, dubbed HQ2, in Virginia. It's pushing back the development of the second phase, while the first phase of the campus is due to open in June. John Schotler, Amazon's real estate head, said in a statement on behalf of the company, it's pushing out the groundbreaking Penn Place, the second phase of the sprawling Northern Virginia campus. The first phase of the campus, known as Metropolitan Park, is expected to open this June and it will be occupied by 8,000 employees. Andy Jassy, CEO of Amazon, has taken steps to curtail expenses across the company in the face of slowing revenue and a gloomy economic outlook. And that, of course, has led to layoffs, the largest in the company's history, of around 18,000 employees. Amazon is said to be re-evaluating its real estate portfolio and sunsetting some projects. Data from the U.S. government showed that the U.S. exported a record 11.1 million barrels a day of oil and refined products. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the U.S. oil and gas sector has boosted exports to the point where the United States is now at the top of the world energy exporting nations. As Europe struggled with threats of natural gas supplies imported from Russia, The United States stepped in and diverted cargoes of LNG from Asia to Europe. Russian oil has been sanctioned and the European Union no longer accepts Moscow's seaborne cargoes. Not since the Second World War has the United States been at the top of this exporting list. Well, that's the news roundup, all things impacting global supply chains this week. And if you want to catch up on recent episodes drop by the Chain Reaction website and pick up any episodes you haven't yet listened to or that you've missed. There have been some interesting episodes over the past few weeks and you can listen to the preview podcast announcing all the episodes that are coming your way in March. I'm Tony Hines, I'm signing off and I'll see you in the Chain Reaction podcast next time. Bye for now. The Chain Reaction Podcast is written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm 
Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now I have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.